you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, we are in the book of John. We are um, going through this writing from a man named John. Uh, he was known as uh, the beloved by Jesus, and he, he felt like he was one of the closest people to Jesus. And so he's probably a person, not only because it's uh, written in the Bible, but it's, he's a person that we need to listen to. He was close to Jesus. He loved Jesus. Jesus had a lot of things to teach him, and then he wrote down a lot of these things. Uh, for us to know 2,000 years later what it is that... Um, the, the kingdom of God that doesn't change because Jesus is no longer with us. But today we get to go into some areas that are super exciting that Jesus himself says it's good that he leaves this earth. Now, I don't know about you, but when you find somebody like Jesus, you're like, oh, I hope he doesn't leave. But we'll realize that uh, by him leaving us, not only through his crucifixion on a cross, not only by his resurrection, but what, when his ascension took place, there was an event that took place afterwards that was so fascinating, so miraculous, but we are the benefactors of it today. We're going to go into that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue on with a survey, and we're going to go through John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Uh, probably we're going to cruise on all the way over to John chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles or your app, your Bible app, go ahead and look at John chapter 11. And we're going to do a quick survey. So in other words, I'll kind of let you know what's going on there. Then I'm going to circle back around like we've been doing and kind of highlight um, a couple of scriptures that really impact us where I feel like the Lord is speaking to us today. So I was at pre-service prayer this morning. And, and uh, by the way, anybody wants to pray before service, uh, we have a prayer room uh, down at that end of the hallway there. And people are there praying, praying for the service. But one of the, one of the people who are praying said this, Lord God, we just thank you that your word is going to be sh- shared today and that our pastor is a vessel for what you want to speak to us. And I truly believe that is the case, that today I'm only a vessel communicating to you what I believe the Lord wants to share to us. And so please, if you are a note taker, take notes. If you want to take notes on your phone, take notes, because we don't want to lose the essence of what God wants to speak to us today. Well, let's start on John chapter 11. So John chapter 11 talks about um, the death of death of Lazarus and the resurrection of Lazarus. If you were here Easter, you would say when we were talking about Jesus and how Jesus wanted us to have this resurrected life, we said, well, this was not the first resurrection that took place. There's another resurrection. Jesus was a part of it. Good friend of Jesus's, Lazarus was his name. Uh, he had died and um, and his sisters, Mary and Martha, were really concerned over um, Lazarus' death. And Jesus knew, though, by him coming back into Jerusalem, the tension was already high in Jerusalem because Jesus himself had done these miracles and, and the religious people were really upset with the claims that Jesus was making. But Jesus had such love and compassion for his friend. He knew he was going to go back into Jerusalem. But when he would, that's where he knew his arrest would take place. So here Jesus goes in uh, into Jerusalem, his great love and compassion for his friend, uh, raises Lazarus from the dead. 
And, and now the religious people are looking to kill two people. They want to get rid of Lazarus, and they want to get rid of Jesus. Lazarus was a walking miracle, a walking testimony to the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. And they wanted to get rid of him. So that's kind of the story over there. Then we go over to, to here where we're talking about um, Jesus coming to save the world. But, but after he, so in, in, before we get into chapter 13, chapter 12 is about um, the plot to kill uh, Lazarus. We have um, Jesus, his, his claim. So anybody, time you, you get in the Bible and you see red letters, those are John recounting the words of Jesus. So red letters is the words of Jesus, and Jesus saying that he has come not to judge the world, but to save the world. Anybody a big amen to that? I love the testimonies here today because everybody who says, you know, sometimes I just felt judged, condemned, I just felt horrible uh, being in this world, but then I found Jesus, and I found hope, and I found love, and I found compassion, and I found all of these things that uh, are so different than judgment or condemnation because for those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. And anybody say a big hallelujah, amen to that, right? Man, I'm so thankful for that. And Jesus is truth, the way, the life. So this is, then we go into um, chapter 14, chapter 14, where, well, let's go back to 13. 13, Jesus then gives an example to all of us as believers how we are to treat one another and how we are to serve one another. Jesus, this chapter 13 is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Now, um, I've seen some foot washing ceremonies. I think it's weird today to have foot washing ceremonies, just telling you. But, but back there, it was very customary for people when they would be guests in the house. Remember, you got to think Jerusalem, Israel, dusty, deserty. They wore sandals, their feet. Anybody been out at a festival and you're wearing flip flops? You take your flip flops off and it's like you're still wearing flip flops because you still see the lines where they were, they were, right? Your feet are so grungy and dirty. It was, it was the appropriate thing to come take your sandals off. Your feet would be washed by a servant of the house. And then you would be able to be in the house and sit down and lounge and eat and share together. But Jesus, he acted like a servant. He took a towel. He washed his disciples' feet. And the disciples were bothered by this because he was the rabbi. He was the teacher. They didn't fully understand that he was God. And yet here it is, God himself through manifested through Jesus, the person of Jesus, comes and washes humanity's feet. Just pause on that thought for a moment. The God of the universe comes down to humanity and washes humanity's feet. And he's saying, you know, the, the disciples said that they didn't like that, but he says, I have to do this because it is setting an example of what I want you now to do to this world, to serve this world, to love each other in this way that we have this, this generous heart of service one to another. And this is what we have in Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And we have to ask ourselves, how well are we doing that? Well, we, are, we saw in the Isaiah 61, there are some people who are saying yes to serving humanity in that way. 
people like you in your life groups, in your community transformation grants. You're serving in that way. So it's happening. But I want to encourage you, keep going, because this is what Jesus says. We will know that he is real in our lives by our love for each other and our generous service to each other. Well, then he goes on to, in chapter 14, in the title of my Bible, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And then Jesus goes on to say this in verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. I'm going to circle back to this one. This is a really important verse for us. Greater works than these he will do, because I am going to be with the Father, He says this, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. He says, whatever you ask in my name, this is what I'll do. Uh, You know him for he dwells with you and will be with and will be in you. So again, he's foreshadowing, talking about the Holy Spirit. That's kind of where I'm going. I'm not going to belabor that now. But then I just want to like, so he's the way, the truth and life. He says, no one comes to the father except through Jesus. So if you look at any other world religions, like why is Christianity the only way? Because Jesus says he's the only way. So when you, when you go around and just kind of like, you know, you probably have friends and just kind of like, well, you know, what's up with you and, and this Jesus thing is like what Jesus is the savior of the world. Jesus is the way Jesus is the truth. And he has claimed was evidenced to be true because of his crucifixion and his resurrection. Then he goes on, chapter 15, says, I am the true vine. Now, this is another really important thing for us to understand is because when he says that we are the branches and Jesus is the vine, he is the the root, he is the source. If any of you have trees, I have apple trees, I have grapevines, I have raspberries, I like growing things, and I know when I cut off a branch, that branch will not produce any fruit because it is no longer attached to the source of life. And again, really important for us, for him to tell us that he is the true vine, he is the source of all life, that any fruit that we bear can only be born through him. And I would say this, and we're going to go back or circling around here uh, a little bit on this one again, but understanding that if we start doing things on our own effort, on our own ideas, even as a Christian, we can kind of say, I'm doing this for you, God, but if it's not born out of God, you will still not be bearing fruit. Because you're doing it out, disconnected from him. Disconnected from him. So it's really important to say, I'm tapping in to the source of my life every day. That we stop, we don't function as a branch cut out off from him. I think sometimes we can make a decision to follow Jesus and say, okay, I'm all set. Now I know I'm going to heaven. And then we think that's the deal, and that's actually not the deal. It's part of the deal. But the deal is that we now get to live for him, being his ambassadors to a world that needs him. And so we have to be staying connected to the vine. We have to be staying connected to him. And then he says we are to abide. That word abide is so important. That means staying 
in, staying connected, we have to abide. Well, then in verse 16, he introduces the Holy Spirit. Remember, we talked about when John started this book, he talked about that Jesus was in the beginning of time, that he was in the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and he was in the Pentateuch, right? The first five books of the Bible, which Moses wrote, Jesus was there. He pre-existed with the Father. And so we're saying now he's, he's introducing Jesus with God. So we got two parts of the Trinity, but now he's talking to the Holy Spirit and he's telling us that it's good that he leaves. And the disciples are like, no, Jesus, we want you here. And he says, it's good that I were to go because I'm going to send you the comforter, the helper. He's going to send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is is the one that is going to dwell in us. So when we give our lives to Jesus, by the way, we say, hey, Jesus is in my heart. Well, actually, Jesus today sits on the throne next to his father, who's actually dwelling in your heart if you are a believer of Jesus. By the way, if you don't know Jesus yet, you're here because God has drawn you here. You're like, you're like no, 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 I'm here because somebody got baptized. But I'll tell you what, the Lord is always after the hearts of people. And maybe you thought you were here because somebody's getting baptized, but you're here because Jesus loves you. <clears throat> and he's coming after to, to share with us. All right. So I want to let you know um, a little bit about the Holy Spirit because it's really important to understand that when Jesus says it's good that he goes, and then he says that we will do greater things in Jesus. We read that, we think there's no way that we're going to do greater things in Jesus. And I think it's because we're reading it wrong. I think it's actually, he's saying it's good that he goes and that we will do greater things, meaning collectively we'll do greater things than what Jesus was able to do. Here's the deal, because when Jesus was on earth, his presence was manifest only through a person. At a geographic location, Jesus was a Jew in uh, Jerusalem, today modern-day Israel. That's where he kind of lived, and his presence was manifest now outside. So God, Old Testament, God's manifest presence was in a temple. Then when Jesus came, he said his presence was to be amongst the people. But then even better, when Jesus ascends and he sends his Holy Spirit, now the Spirit of God can be around the world at the whole time, and nobody has to think, well, his presence is over there, because his presence is here. And isn't that amazing that his presence now resides in every person who has given their life to Jesus, so no matter where they go, his presence goes with them. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. And when he says we will do more, it means we're going to do multiplied more because now the spirit of God is in humanity, not just in a human named Jesus. All right. I want to go. There's, there's, this is where we turn the corner now. So I gave you the, the survey. I'm going to turn the corner and then hit a few parts of this survey that I think are really interesting. John goes in and says that Jesus has these four times 
that he says, if you ask anything, he'll give it to you. So the first time he says this is in John chapter 14, verse 12. 14, 12. So what I read to you before, whatever you ask in my name, well, it's actually 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. There's the first time. The second time he says this in 15, chapter 15, verse 7. I love the turning pages. I'm hearing them. Great job. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask, there's that word ask, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Okay. Here's another time he says this, a little bit further down, red letters, Jesus saying, same in 15. This one is in verse 16, 17. Ask the Father in my name that he may give it to you. Ask and he'll give it to you. All right, carrying on. Here's another one, a little bit further down in chapter 16, verse 23. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you, whatever you ask. So the interesting thing is he's saying multiple times, whatever you ask. Now, I grew up in the church, and I've heard that many times, and I've seen Oh, my word. And, and I think actually as a kid, as I don't think, I know as a kid, I remember saying, I believe in the miraculous. And I went to bed one night and I said, Jesus, I know you can do anything. And I said, if I ask, it will be done. And I, so I prayed and said, when I wake up, I want a loaf of bread beside my bed. I did. I was probably seven years old, eight years old. And it didn't show up. And I was so mad. I was like, I know you could do this. Why can't you just manifest some bread? I didn't probably use that word as a seven-year-old, but why can't there be bread by my bed? Ask anything and it should be done. Okay, so you love those verses because it almost feels like God could be our, our magical genie. Ask anything you want. I wish, I wish, I wish, poof, it's here. <laughs> yeah, you like that one. I know you did. <laughs> All right. So uh, on that thing, though, I, I believe, can I present another thought to you, though? I, I wonder if we miss, are misreading that a little bit. Remember, this, this was translated from, it would be, Hebrew, Greek. It would be Greek that it was translated from. And so when he's saying ask, I believe the word that he's saying is inquire. Big difference. See, in our culture, we think ask like I'm asking mom and dad, I want something like, so ask so I can receive, but actually it's more inquire. Would you be willing to inquire of the Lord 
what he is wanting to have happen, what he wants to do. And if we would link up what he wants to have done here on earth as it is in heaven, that we ask anything in alignment to what he wants to have happen, it will be done. So, do you know the difference? The idea is that we need to ask, in, when we say in the name of Jesus, he's saying, in other words, inquire of Jesus. Jesus, what are you wanting to do at work today? Jesus, what are you wanting to do in my school? Jesus, how do you, what do you want to do in my family? You're inquiring of the Lord. Then we have to abide. Remember the vine and the branches. We have to abide in him. In other words, if we're going to hear him, we have to be connected to the vine. And we're abiding. We're connected. We're still. And we're asking and we're inquiring, Jesus, what is it that you want to have done in this world? And how do you want to use me? And the whisper of the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, is why it's so important that the Holy Spirit is here because the Holy Spirit now dwells inside of us. The presence of God who created the universe dwells in us, which blows my mind. He says, inquire of me. And when you hear my voice saying, I would love to see this take place. He says, I'll make it happen. Why? Because he's true. He is true. He will, uh, he will never, his word never goes void. And he's looking for people who will say yes to him, who will ask him, who will inquire of him and will be patient and abiding with him. And so when he gives the instruction, you have confidence to know that he is faithful to complete what he has begun. That's encouraging. But it's also a little sobering because we have to abide. We have to spend time with the Lord. We have to stay connected. How much time are you abiding? Are you a branch still connected to the vine? He says... We are the branches. He's the vine. He wants us to abide. Ask, ask anything and inquire of the Lord. And, and anything that he says to you, he will be faithful to do it through your life. Uh, to me, I'm just at the place where I'm so excited just to spend time with the Lord. Because the more I spend time with him, the more my ears are in tune to him. And the more that I can begin to say, that's the voice of God. Because God dwells inside of us. And his spirit wants to work through us. And when the Bible says we'll do greater things in Jesus, it just means that as the collective humanity is those who are walking with his presence and his spirit inside of us, we'll do so much more than what Jesus himself was able to do. But all the things that Jesus was able to do, healing, miracles, raising people from the dead. Why can I do that? Uh, actually, no, you can't. But the Spirit of God inside of you can. <laughs> right? If we got to the place where we understood 
who resides in us, we can realize that his love, his power, his grace, his forgiveness is all sufficient. This week, maybe in life group, one of the questions you can ask are, how much time are you abiding with the Lord? The other question is, what's your prayer life? Are you just asking for things or are you inquiring of the Lord? God, what do you want to do in my life this week? What do you want to do through me this week? What are you doing in my workplace, in my school, in my home? How do I come into alignment with what you're already planning to do? And I'm just available to be used by you. Father, we thank you so much for your word, for your promises. I thank you for your servant, John, who spent time with Jesus, who took the time to capture these insights and these these words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Share them with us so we know how to live for him. I'm also mindful, Lord Jesus, there might be some here who today who saw, I heard the testimony of somebody who were in the waters of baptism. I want this hope. I want this freedom that Jesus, this person Jesus, can give us. With every head bowed and eyes closed, is there somebody here who would say, I want to know this, Jesus. Just slip up your hand so I can see it. Slip up your hand so I can see it. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm not going to make you do anything except I just want to pray with you. Anybody here that wants to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, slip up your hand. Father, I thank you so much for working in us and through us. Pray that we would just continue to be faithful to you, Lord Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. That we'd be vessels to be used by you come in partnership with you as we abide in you Lord Jesus that we would hear your still small voice of your spirit whispering to us the perfect will of the Father that we would say yes to what we hear we walk in obedience in Jesus name Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.